welcome back, everybody. Uh, episode number four, You Make Me Sick, podcast dedicated to pathogenic microorganisms. Today's episode, uh, popular in the news right now just because of a recent outbreak that's been happening, we're going to discuss the orthopox virus, monkeypox. So with monkeypox, uh, very similar to smallpox, uh, which is another orthopox virus, I am going to talk a little bit about smallpox this episode, but mainly stick with monkeypox. Uh, smallpox will have its own dedicated episode just because there is a pretty significant history of smallpox uh, worldwide and with our own country. Uh, so we'll touch a little bit uh, on smallpox, but won't get too in-depth with that. So to start out here on the old monkeypox. Uh, monkeypox, as I said, is an orthopox virus. Uh, it's part of the family of poxiviridae, and it's a subfamily of chordopoxvirinae. Found in vertebrates, uh, humans and mammals, uh, you know, humans are mammals, mammals, and it's also found in arthropods as well. Uh, it can all serve as natural hosts for this virus. There are 12 subspecies in this genus. Uh, mostly uh, we only hear about the smallpox, now monkeypox, but there's also a cowpox, horsepox, camelpox, all different variants of this virus. So with the monkeypox virus, it's a double-stranded linear DNA. Uh, it causes diseases primarily just in humans and other animals. With these pox viruses, they're actually some of the larger viruses that are known, and it makes them pretty easy to identify and isolate. Uh, they can be grown pretty easily in a, just a variety of different cell cultures. Uh, the genome of the pox virus, it's unsegmented. Only contains a singular molecule of linear double-stranded DNA, and with viruses, I won't get into it too in depth. Uh, the way viruses replicate, it's a lot different than uh, your typical bacteria. Viruses will actually hijack your DNA or your RNA. They kind of slip their own code in, and that's how they invade cells. It's also how they invade cellular uh, kind of immune system protection that we have. Uh, we do have natural defenses against viruses, but uh, a lot of times that's why there's no real cures for viruses right now. There are ways to help treat when we have viral infections, but you essentially have to uh, let your body, let the virus run its course. And for a lot of viruses, such as HIV and AIDS, you can't eradicate it. It's in the body once it's there. Uh, but technology is getting better. Uh, certain other viruses like hepatitis C, we actually have treatments for now. You can actually get rid of the virus once you have it. So, that being said, uh, with the monkeypox, as I stated before, very similar to smallpox, uh, it's a direct descendant of the variola virus, which causes smallpox. Uh, similar in a way, it presents, but with a much milder rash and a much, much lower mortality rate than smallpox as well. So should we be afraid of the monkeypox? Uh, this epidemic, or not even an epidemic right now, it's more of an outbreak. Uh, it has been happening globally. Uh, no, uh, not at the moment anyway. Uh, I think that there's a lot of panic porn on all the news channels, uh, clickbait, uh, much similar to when COVID-19 was first starting out. I mean, there was more concern for COVID because it was something that was novel and new. Monkeypox has been around for a while. We know about it. Uh, not nearly as easily transmissible as something like COVID. Uh, but it can be spread from human to human by droplet respiration. Uh, something like COVID or tuberculosis or influenza is by airborne droplets, which are very, very tiny. Uh, 
actual droplet, quote-unquote droplet respiration, much larger. You can actually wear just a typical mask and be pretty safe with it uh, in the hospital setting. Something like monkeypox uh, is actually a bio-level stage 4 disease, and I'll talk about that at some point in this podcast as well. But uh, for these, uh, you know, for precautions as far as how you can catch it, it definitely not as easily transmissible as some of these other airborne uh, droplet or I should say airborne uh, respiratory viruses or illnesses. Uh, but monkeypox can also be spread with contact of surfaces. If you have somebody who is actually infected and they have, because of the pox, they'll also, you know, they'll kind of present as little pustules which will break open or scabs. Somebody touches something that's con- and they're contaminated, their clothes, uh, even a doorknob, tissues, that can actually be passed on by touching that if uh, somebody has it and you touch that. So... Uh, body fluids, obviously. So you can definitely get monkeypox if you're close to somebody with monkeypox and they sneeze on you, or if you're shaking their hand and they've got scabs on it or they have open wounds. Uh, but most likely, if those people who have monkeypox, they're probably not going to be in anywhere where you can be close to them. So. Uh, it can also live for a long time outside the body, so if just by chance somebody who has monkeypox like I said, they touch a doorknob with their infected monkey pock hand, and you touch it, there's a chance you can get it. But uh, transmission is, you know, while it's easily passed with body fluids, I think it's probably a little bit harder day-to-day to get monkey pox. Not something anybody has to worry about right now, because these are, even though it's kind of a global outbreak, uh, they're definitely isolated. So the incubation period of old monkeypox, if you do get it, it's about 10 to 14 days. Uh, the typical symptoms are almost flu-like. Uh, you get some swelling of the lymph nodes, you'll have muscle pain, headaches, fatigue, fever, uh, and then you'll have an emergence of either a kind of maculopapular, a little spotty rash, uh, or a little pustular rash. Uh, it typically develops on the hands and spreads to the extremities and the trunk. These are definitely signs. If you do have these signs and symptoms and you think you've been close to somebody who has monkeypox, you might want to get that checked out. But uh, like I said, uh, the initial signs and symptoms are typical of many, many illnesses. So you feel that way, you probably don't have monkeypox. It might be something else. Uh, So where did monkeypox come from? Great question. Uh, Monkeypox is actually endemic to tropical forested areas of Central Africa and Western Africa, most notably the Congo Basin. There have been some reports of refugees and immigrants who kind of leave the Democratic Republic of Congo who are infected and spread the virus, but it's more anecdotal, not a lot of data to support that. Though the most recent outbreak uh, definitely is, they're believing that somebody from one of these areas, most likely the Western area of Africa, uh, went to, I think they're assuming possibly Europe now, and spread it from Europe, and then just kind of spread from there to many different countries. I'll talk about that in just a second. Um, I will get to the current outbreak that we're having right now, uh, how many people it's infected, and where they found these cases. So there's a kind of two different subtypes of monkeypox that epidemiologists look at. There's the Central African version, and then there's the Western African version. Uh, the Central African version is actually far more deadly. It's got about a 10% mortality rate compared to the Western African version, which has anywhere from 1% to 3%. And that's the one that, uh, from samples they've taken, uh, the DNA samples, uh, 
these strains that they're finding in people from the most recent epidemic, or I should say, I shouldn't even say epidemic, the most recent outbreak, uh, from that Western African strain, which is actually the less virulent, less deadly strain. Uh, so if there's a, a silver lining to any of this, there's that. Um, so the Central African, or the Congo Basin, as they refer to it, uh, more deadly than the Western African monkeypox. Uh, researchers are still actually trying to identify what makes these two so different. Uh, the higher virulence and higher mortality rate of that Central African strain. Uh, but it's unfortunately because of lack of funding and because this usually affects just people in Africa, uh, which just lower income countries in and of themselves, one, don't have the funding and there's not a lot of concern from other wealthier nations to actually help them kind of figure out exactly what makes these viruses different. So there's just hasn't been a lot of research dedicated to that. Uh, it's kind of sad though because this has been going on for about 20 years now that they know that there are these two different types of strains of this virus uh, yet the research and money just hasn't been put into it because there just isn't enough concern from you know outside nations but that being said uh, now with this being spread and the possibility of more cases happening and the possibility of this becoming uh, you know even though it's the western african strain mutating and kind of more of a dangerous strain uh, there may be in the future hopefully more funding to figure out exactly, you know, a little more research and just into the viral makeup and what makes these diseases different, uh, the West uh, and the Central. With that in mind, uh, between 1970 and 1986, there were over 400 cases of monkeypox reported. Between Central and Western Africa, uh, there are definitely small viral outbreaks throughout the, you know, about 16-year period. But mortality rate was about 10%, uh, and the human-to-human -human contact infection rate was about 10% as well. So not overwhelmingly transmissible, but still to the point where it was significant enough that uh, obviously 400 cases of it in about a 15-16 year period. Since 1970, uh, human cases of monkeypox have been reported in about 11 African countries with these periodic outbreaks. Since 2017, though, Nigeria has actually experienced a pretty large outbreak. There have been over 500 suspected cases and 200, ca uh, let's see, 200 confirmed cases with a case fatality rate of about 3%, so not as high as that 10% margin, but still, uh, you know, 500 suspected cases and 200 confirmed cases in the last five years or so in that area. Uh, still significant, and that doesn't really even include, I don't think those numbers include the actual, this most recent outbreak that I'll get to in just a couple minutes here. It should be noted, too, that uh, even though the majority of these cases did happen in Africa, uh, the first reported outbreak outside of Africa actually occurred in 2003, and it was here in the United States. It happened uh, in the Midwestern area and in New Jersey. No deaths happened from it, uh, and it was actually traced back to prairie dogs who had, there was somebody who actually imported a Gambian pouched rat, and this pouched rat was a carrier for monkeypox, and I think that from what I was reading, somebody also had a prairie dog as well, uh, and one of these animals got out uh, into the wild, infected others, and they kind of, they were able to trace it back from uh, these pets. So imported animals, that's why I think if you're going through customs, you're not allowed to bring anything, in, you know, over uh, that may be alive. So 
this outbreak, though, uh, led to about 70 cases of monkeypox in the U.S. Like I said, no deaths, and this was uh, back in 2003. Uh, there were also cases in 2018 from travelers from Nigeria who actually went to Israel, and there were a few cases in the U.K. as well uh, from 2018 that... Uh, tested positive from monkeypox, but those were also isolated, didn't really have any large spread or any kind of significant outcome. So with monkeypox, if you do get it, it's usually pretty self-limiting. Uh, symptoms last for about two to four weeks. People, like I said, highly survivable, not a huge mortality rate. Uh, there can be severe cases, though. Obviously, if you have people who are immunocompromised, weakened immune systems, they're more in jeopardy. And, uh, you know, in recent times, the mortality rate between three to six percent, even with both strains. So it, it has dropped, and it's one of these things that periodically pops up. Uh, but there's never been a huge monkeypox epidemic, uh, obviously, not a pandemic, just kind of outbreaks. So if you get monkeypox, what are you going to do about it, right? Uh, treatment for most of these orthopox virus infections is supportive, which means to stay hydrated, uh, nutritional supplementation, and then kind of prevention of secondary infections. So if you have open wounds, you want to make sure those are covered. Um, your immune system will take kind of a hit if you have this. So you are there are other opportune illnesses that can affect you. Uh, the orthopox viruses, uh, obviously, as I said, patients uh, who do have severe outcomes are usually immunocompromised people, or some people, I guess, who have underlying skin conditions to begin with, uh, also have a higher risk with severe outcomes. And I guess there can also be uh, ocular involvement as well, uh, which can present some challenges. Uh, anytime you have ocular involvement with any kind of disease, it's just it's a different type of treatment that you're going to need for it. Uh, working as a burn nurse, we used to get people and we'd treat skin conditions as well. It was one of the things our doctors, they weren't dermatologists, but we would deal with something called Steven Johnson syndrome or uh, TENS, uh, toxic epidermal necrolysis. Uh, won't get too into the detail with it, but they also would involve the eyes sometimes and we would often have to put uh, fluid pouches in the eyes uh, to protect them while the eyes healed and actually stitch the eyes down. Thankfully, these patients who had ocular involvement were usually sedated uh, because they had pretty severe illnesses. Anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, with these orthopox viruses, so the smallpox vaccine that was created actually does provide some cross protection for monkeypox because they're very similar in origin. Uh, the vaccine, it's been made available through public health for people who have had contact uh, with confirmed cases or suspected cases of monkeypox. Uh, even recently, uh, with this latest outbreak, uh, healthcare workers who are providing care for people who are being treated with monkeypox, anybody who has had close contact with somebody who's had monkeypox, lives with them, uh, they can actually get the smallpox vaccine. And unlike some other uh, vaccines that can take up to two weeks, like our COVID vaccines, you know, you get your first dose, it takes a few weeks, and you get to get your second dose. Uh, the smallpox vaccine actually only takes a few days to be effective, and it's about 85% effective from actually spreading monkeypox um, if it's given within about four days of exposure. So there is pretty good efficacy if you catch it in time. You can get the vaccine, and it's pretty helpful. Uh, there are also some antivirals and immunoglobulins that are these uh, MABs, monoclonal antibodies, that can use to be treat the monkeypox. 
those uh, in my experience are pretty expensive uh, we use those in COVID as well uh, the ones in COVID were experimental to begin with and now I think the FDA has approved them uh, but these other uh, immunoglobulins and antivirals are available for monkeypox but I would assume that's only for severe cases as it is self-limiting uh, typically healthy people can it's pretty survivable for them uh, with the smallpox vaccine as well uh, it's not recommended just for the average international traveler because smallpox has been eradicated. Uh, really only for people who are working in laboratories that uh, carry the smallpox, these uh, bio level 4 laboratories, uh, some military personnel, uh, and like I just said, first responders, healthcare workers who have recently been exposed to or maybe exposed to somebody who has monkeypox, they'll get it. Uh, it should be noted that in recent weeks, uh, the WHO and the CDC have mentioned that uh, I know the U.S. has stockpiles. I think they have a million uh, smallpox vaccine uh, vaccines stockpiled. And I think the initial intention for these is uh, smallpox has actually been considered uh, as a possible bioterror weapon. So in case of any kind of bioterror attack, the uh, United States, I know, has a a pretty big stockpile of these uh, vaccines available just in case, but they're actually using them now to treat uh, individuals who have had close contact with these monkeypox cases. So uh, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, with the smallpox as well, uh, one thing that I will mention uh, that I didn't really mention before is that, uh, as I said, it was eradicated in 1977. There was actually a pretty huge initiative. It was eradicated in the U.S. well before that, but uh, the WHO made an initiative to eradicate it worldwide, and they did that successfully with the vaccines. So smallpox is gone. Um, there was an initial push to destroy all samples of smallpox that are being held in these, uh, these high like bio-level 4 labs. But I know that the U.S. and Russia still have theirs uh, just because they need to be able to make more vaccines in case there is some kind of a bioterror attack uh, anywhere here in the United States or the world. So um, smallpox, though it's gone, it is not forgotten. And uh, there's always the possibility that uh, some raging psycho who does not like us could always try and use it as a bioweapon. Uh, we've used it ourselves in the past as a bioweapon to wipe out uh, a lot of indigenous people in the uh, Midwestern United States. But I'll, I'll talk about smallpox some other time and we'll get into that. It has, like I said, it's got a pretty brutal history. So let's talk about this most recent outbreak. So there have been about 1,300 cases of suspected monkeypox, uh, 58 deaths reported worldwide as part of this new outbreak. Uh, the vast majority of these, though, have happened in the Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, and that was up until about May 8th of this year. Since then, there have been about 400 more confirmed or suspected cases, uh, and in 20 non-African nations, so uh, Canada, Portugal, Spain, the UK, the US, uh, I don't have the entire list in front of me, but those are kind of the front runners right now, uh, which is, makes this the largest outbreak ever outside of Africa. So when you're thinking, oh, well, outbreak, uh, is this going to spread globally? Is this going to be something that turns into a pandemic? Uh, at the moment, there's not a high alert for this. Uh, it does have epidemiologists and virologists, though, closely monitoring the situation. Because there is a, the issue, anytime you have a virus like this that spreads human to human and can also be spread from human to animals, and it spreads to that many countries worldwide, 
that cross transmission back to the animal reservoir and then back to the human, there's always a chance that there can be mutations. Uh, with these mutations and pass back and forth, it can obviously, as we've seen with uh, you know variants of COVID, uh, it changes just the viral makeup and can change how it affects our immune systems and how it attacks our bodies. So even though the majority of these cases, uh, all of them that they've taken samples from, uh, genetically resemble the Western African monkeypox, so definitely the one that's not uh, doesn't have the higher mortality rate. There's always that chance that these viruses can mutate and can end up uh, creating a strain that can cause a, a much deadlier, more virulent, and more transmissible type of the virus. So that's kind of the main concern right now that virologists and epidemiologists have. Uh, the good news is that. Uh, Monkeypox, unlike uh, you know some of these other airborne illnesses that people are asymptomatic and pass, people who do have monkeypox, uh, pretty recognizable. They've been getting treatment, and they've actually been doing a pretty good job with contact tracing. Which initially, when COVID started, contact tracing uh, it was really great in theory, but because it was asymptomatically spread, it became really, really difficult to trace. With a virus like this, it's a little bit easier just because the presentation is so much different. With regard to this contact tracing uh, and where this may have actually started, so the, the common thought is that it was a traveler from West Africa, um, and though they don't have patient zero really identified, there's actually suspicion that it may have been spread at uh, two raves uh, in Spain and in Belgium. So party time, baby. Spread some monkeypox. And it was also noted that a lot of the cases of monkeypox, especially the first ones, were actually what they're calling men who sleep with men. Uh, this doesn't mean that this is a disease that is transmitted solely by men who sleep with men. It just happens to coincidentally have affected this subtype, this population, uh, and have been passed around within that population. They're finding that uh, there's a pretty high incident with uh, these men who sleep with men actually passing monkeypox. Uh, so it's something that uh, that community they're asking to be aware of. Uh, that if you have contact with somebody or have been close to somebody who ends up getting monkeypox or sick and you've obviously uh, had any kind of sexual intercourse or slept with them, uh, please get tested and uh, just be on alert for that. They're also kind of asking anybody uh, who's traveled to Central or Western African countries uh, where monkeypox has been reported and have symptoms to please go and get tested and checked out for monkeypox. Uh, right now, though, it's... Uh, I didn't read anything today, but there hasn't been, I haven't seen a lot of, I think the UK still has cases that are popping up. Today is May 31st. It wouldn't surprise me if a month from now there's, you know, a few hundred more cases just from, but at the same time, they may do a really good job with this contact tracing and be able to isolate it uh, and stop the spread. So, but with these outbreaks, especially when it's infected, you know, people from 20 different countries, there's still going to be spread. Uh, through and as I stated before, it could also get spread and in just into the natural reservoir and be a you know recurring issue as well. Uh, as far as how these patients are treated, they are placed in isolation. Um, it is a BLS4 disease which requires uh, special isolation within a special unit. Uh, I actually had the opportunity uh, as a nurse to go through the training uh, for these BSL-4 diseases. We had a biological isolation unit uh, at my previous hospital that I worked at. 
And this was right when COVID had started, and we were actually isolating our COVID patients to begin with, but then it just became uh, too much. It was just, it didn't make any sense because it was just overwhelming. But uh, other certain diseases, Ebola, Marburg virus, monkeypox, smallpox, uh, these all are considered BSL-4 uh, pathogens. So uh, for treatment for these, you have, uh, you know, kind of airlocked uh, rooms. You usually have a specific laboratory in the unit with it. If you're treating these patients, we had uh, Tychem suits, so it's like the... Uh, yellow kind of biohazard suit. Uh, you have a respirator that you wear. It's pretty intense. It takes about uh, 20 minutes to get geared up and then once you're in with the patient you're usually in there for about three hours with them. So uh, it sucks because if you have to use the bathroom you're screwed because then you have to come out, you have to decontaminate, take everything off, go to the bathroom. Anyway, uh, so these uh, you know, BSL-4 uh, pathogens are, are no joke and not fun and I want to say most I don't know I know that our the hospital that I'm at now we uh we have a unit but I don't think it's been active recently because COVID just kind of took uh priority over everything but uh it's something that uh, always interested me with these uh kind of rare and uh unique pathogens and just how they're treated so bottom line uh monkeypox uh well, it's, you know, there's definitely probably going to be some concern if it does develop into a, a more pathogenic uh, virus with a higher mortality rate if it mutates. At the moment, uh, this shouldn't be worried too much about it. Keep an eye on the news, but don't buy into the sky is falling, the next great plague is coming, clickbait panic porn nonsense that uh, a lot of the mainstream and even the, you know, most media outlets will put out there just to get clicks. So now is usually when I would do my, uh, my death count to the moon, to the Empire State Building around the world. Unfortunately, folks, this episode, you're not going to get one. Um, it was too difficult actually trying to find data on, even though I have the mortality rate and a few Anecdotal, not even anecdotal, but you know, I have some data as far as deaths go. Really hard to actually try and pinpoint how many people may have died from the monkeypox, and I don't think it's a huge number anyway. So it probably would have been a pretty disappointing uh, death count. What I will say is that uh, with orthopox viruses, the smallpox definitely more deadly. Um, that's one that uh, I don't know when I'll do it. Maybe soon, but. Uh, that one definitely will have a much higher death count than the monkeypox. So if you were looking forward to that, I apologize. Uh, not uh, not happening. So that's what I got on monkeypox. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, this was a little bit of information, especially something that's current right now in the news. Uh, I do want to thank the lovely Erica Belinsky for her. Uh, she actually requested the monkeypox, and I was just coincidentally actually working on it at the same time. So... Great minds do think alike, Erica. Thank you. I uh, want to thank everybody for listening as well. As I said, any questions, comments, please email me. Uh, pod at gmail.com. Uh, always hoping for feedback. Uh, and I appreciate any listening that uh, anybody does. I know there's a lot of content out there that people have the time to listen to. And you sit here and listen to me kind of prattle on about, uh, about diseases. So... 
Until next time, friends, stay safe, wash your hands, uh, and if you come in contact with any monkeys or prairie dogs or rats or other animals from Central or Western Africa and then start to develop flu-like symptoms and a little rash on your hands, make sure to get it checked out because you might have the monkey pox. Ah!